Well, good morning, everyone. To those people in the real life class and guests that are tuned in today, we're glad to have you with us as we study through the book of Malachi. So I hope you've had a great weekend so far. It's a beautiful day out today, so uh, hopefully we'll get out and get some sunshine this afternoon. But I have a few announcements to start with today. Uh, most of you probably already know, but the Lord's Supper has been canceled that we were going to have today at 5 o'clock. And Pastor Brian has said that the first day that we meet together back at HBF together, that we will observe the Lord's Supper at that time. So uh, I know a lot of us are a little disappointed we couldn't meet and do that, but we will be doing that soon. Uh, all of the HBF uh, Bible hours are being broadcast today, as well as the main service, as well as the service tonight and the service at Wednesday night. All of those can, you can get the links to those at the HBF website. And so now you have an opportunity to, to listen to uh, quite a few of, of the pastors and teachers here at HBF, and it gives us a good chance to to be able to see them. So uh, again, go to that and, and check these uh, classes out. Uh, continue to pray for the crisis that we're in right now. Continue to pray for our president and our governor at this time, for them to make good decisions. Also, we want to continue to pray for the healthcare workers, the people, the doctors and the nurses and the people that are taking care of the people that are sick. And I know a lot of people are, are not taking this, this uh, virus real seriously, and yet uh, we need to. And how we, how we deal that, with that in our own lives is kind of left up to us. But again, there are people around us that will be affected by this virus, and we need to be aware of that. So if you're also discipling somebody at this point, uh, Continue to, to try to keep that discipleship and those lessons and that fellowship going with your discipler. So uh, come up with some ways that you can continue to keep that going and to keep that con uh, being uh, the contingency of that with the people and they will continue to learn. So again, don't, don't put that on hold. And uh, again, be ready to uh, you know, reach out to our neighbors reach out to you know our people in our in our class specifically and I know some of you have done that and uh, we thank you very much for that uh, continue to pray and, and reach out to the people in our church as well as our neighbors and our friends our relatives and be able to give them uh, a message be able to give them help calm their feel fears be able to give them you know the word of Christ and be an example be ready to give the people around us a reason of the hope that lies within us. So we're going to continue on with our, our passage in Malachi today. We have two more lessons today and next week. So today we're going to finish uh, chapter 3, but for just to kind of get the context to where we're going, I'm going to have you get your Bibles out in Malachi chapter 3, and we will go ahead and read the entire chapter to get down to where we need to go. Malachi chapter 3. I hope you guys have been enjoying this, this uh, book that we've been going through. A uh, short book. And to be honest with you, it was a book in, in my mind that I, uh, I had read through. But I really didn't take it to heat like I should have. 
And so I find a lot of things going on in Malachi going on in the world around us. So it's really a prevalent book uh, for us to know today. So I'm really happy that we're going through this. Malachi chapter 3. And like normal, we'll go ahead and read through the chapter and then we'll just stop and go back and break down what, what God has for us. So let's go ahead and read Malachi chapter 3 this morning. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner, and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, as in the days of old, and as in former years. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against false swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right. And fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from my ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. For you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. But I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall, be, shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy, yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, and between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, and we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises that you have in your word, Lord. We thank you that it's a personal note to us, just like it was a personal note, a personal word that, that the Jews back in Malachi's time got a message from you, Lord. And yet we know this Bible that you've given to us is a message, and yet we need to take this message and be the messenger to the people around us to tell them about it about you, Lord. So, Lord, we pray that you would give us opportunities, help us to see those opportunities when they come our way, and then, Lord, give us the words to say that you want people to hear. Father in heaven, I pray for our class that we would be diligent in, in continuing to read our word, continuing to, to serve you every day, and, and continuing to be a witness to the people around us. I just pray for the people around us that they would hear what they need to hear. Lord, please be with our nation at this time. Be, be with our, our president. Be with our governors. Be with the people that, that make uh, laws over us, the policemen, the health care workers, and the people that are about serving us. Lord, help us to be obedient to them as they are obedient to you. Lord, I pray for the people in our class that are hurting, people that are going through uh, situations in, in uh, their life that, that's causing them to really focus on that. And Lord, I pray that they would focus on you as well as us. And Lord, again, I pray that you be with the people that are speaking today as, at, at this particular time and pray for Brian as, as he speaks during the main service and the service that's going on tonight or the speaker that's speaking this morning. So I pray for, for them, give them the words to say and Lord, help us to tune into them, help us to hear what your word says and help us to take it to heart and live it out this week. So we pray for that. Give us, wisdom, give us wisdom here in the book of Malachi. Help us to see the truths in Malachi and how they relate to, to us today. And, and Lord, I pray that we would be diligent in being the messenger that you want us to be. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to review again just a little bit in Malachi to get up to speed to where we are. There's a lot, again, in this book uh, of Malachi, specifically in this book, this chapter of Malachi, chapter 3. And so in chapters 1 and 2, again, we've seen that they are basically for Malachi's time, for the people. And God gave Malachi a message to give, to prophesy, not just in the future, but chapters 1 and 2, specifically for the people at that time. In chapters 3 and 4, again, he's speaking to the people, but he's given them some prophetic messages, some basically some answers of what they're asking, of when Christ is coming, or, you know, is he going to come, and what's he going to do when he comes here? And he's give them, giving them some messages, some prophecies that will not take place for some 2,000 plus years. And so we're going to continue to read chapter 3, like I said, continue to study that. And verses 1 through 6, the focus was on Christ's coming. So we see John the Baptist, the messenger, that took place at the first coming. And yet we see the Lord coming to his temple, specifically speaking of the second coming of Christ. And so that when he got, it's going to come to his temple... He is going to refine, he is going to purify, he is going to cleanse, specifically his people. Starting with the priests, the Levites, 
and the people. And the neat part about that is, is that we will be with him and see this happen with our own eyes. If you know Christ as your Savior today, you will be with Christ when he sets up his kingdom and you will see this taking place. We see in verse 5 that the whole focus of his coming, of setting up the kingdom, is to judge. And he is going to judge the people. And that was a direct response to the people in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 17. In fact, let's read that. Malachi 2 and 17 says, Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied him? When ye say, Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them, or where is the God of judgment? And in fact, they've been looking for judgment, the Jews have for, for uh, years and years, and yet true judgment, true righteousness is not going to appear until the Lord sets down in his throne in Jerusalem. So he will judge the people, and he tells them in chapter 3, which we've already seen, that he's going to purge the people, he's going to purify them, he's going to cleanse them. And in this passage, I can't help to note that the Lord, again, is just speaking to his people as a son, because that's who Israel should be. They are God's son in the Old Testament sense. And he's putting his hand around them, he's showing them their sins, he's wanting them to repent and get back to him. He's telling them what will happen if they do that because he truly wants to bless them but, it's, but he really can't at this point because they are disobedient to him and he really wants them to come back to him and yet we know the story. There's a few that do that but the majority continue to do their, their ways. And so he tells them in verse 7 to return unto him. And in verses 8 and 9, which we talked about last week, he says, Stop robbing me. Give me the tithes and the offerings that are due, and you'll be blessed. And we spent last week looking at that, the different types of, of, of offerings and tithes and how that went. And we went back to, to the book of Genesis, and we saw that Abraham gave to Melchizedek 10% of of what he had, specifically of, of the, what was received when he went after and, and, and got Lot back and with the kings of Babylon. We saw that Jacob offered God 10% of what God was going to give him while he was gone from the land of Canaan. And so we saw both of those, but yet those were even before the law. And so there was a tenth that was involved. It was the starting point. And again, as I mentioned, we, we saw last week that to tithes it was way more than a tenth. Today, God wants us to give to him abundantly and cheerfully. Now, he gives us that abundantly is, is kind of how we define that. And so, but he wants us to give out of our heart abundantly and cheerfully and when we do, God's going to bless us. Unlike the prosperity 
preachers on TV that say, give to me and God's going to give to you. That's not what the Bible says. When we give to God, God's going to give back to us. Okay. And so I think about that and I, I'm thinking, you know, will were the blessings of God tied to their being obedient to him in the Old Testament? And as I think of that, of that I, I say yes. And though God saw them as a child, they would be blessed more when they were obedient. And I think about that in my own life. Will Christ bless a disobedient Christian? Well, I, I know he does, but I, I, I know that he blesses an obedient son more. Kind of like us. Would we bless a disobedient child? You know, we really got to wrap our, our mind around this, that when we give God, not just our tithes and offerings, but our service and our love, he's going to just pour the blessings to us. So God tells the Jews here in verse 10 to prove him, to try that out. And basically God tells the same thing to us. Prove him out, give him what is his and he'll bless us. He tells the Malachites or the people back in Malachi, he says, you know, prove me and your crops will not be destroyed. The vine will not drop its fruit before it's ripe and all nations will call you blessed. Now, back then the Old Testament was a farming economy and yet if you've ever farmed, if you've ever had a garden, you realize there were seems like the farmer and the gardener is always fighting against something. It's either the weather, it's the insects, it's 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 the you know, it's the birds, it's it's the squirrels. Something is always trying to eat what we're trying to produce. And yet when you put that on top of God not sending the rain or, or God having the the crops you know fall before they're ready or something happening before they're ready, it's it's devastating. And yet, too, in a farming economy like the people in the Old Testament, you know, it, it, was, it was real life to them. But when they would give to God, God was going to bless them with the substance that they had. Verse 13, we'll get closer to where we're going today. It says, your words have been stout against me. Now that word stout is just basically bold. And we've seen time and time again in the book of Malachi where the people, God would tell them what they were doing wrong. He would lay out their sins and they would go, well, show us where we're doing that. You know, are you sure, Lord? And can you imagine talking back to God? Now, now we've all talked back to, to people. We've all talked back to our parents. But yet, can you imagine talking back to God? In fact, not only did they talk back that we're going we're gonna to see here... He, they make some accusations in verse 13. In fact, let's read that. He says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? 
Now that is some strong words to tell God. To tell God, we, we've done what you've wanted to do, and yet, Lord, you're not blossoming. Well, maybe they need to think about what they're giving. Maybe they think need to think about how their heart is toward the Lord. Are they truly trusting God here? Because it really doesn't seem so. And when they bring these accusations out, God just adds a few more of that in verse 15. He's being a little sarcastic, and he says, And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that walk wickedness are set up. And yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. I mean, the whole society is upside down here. Does that sound familiar today? Here, here everything is, is, is what is supposed to be right is wrong, and these people can't discern between truth. They can't discern between what is right and what is wrong. You know, it's a lot like in the book of John. In fact, keep your finger here, but turn over to the book of John. And again, in the book of John, Jesus is trying to reason with the, the people around him. Uh, he's trying to reason with the people. He's trying to reason also with the scribes and Pharisees. And he's trying to teach them his word. And much of the time, they're just not paying attention. In fact, in John chapter 7, Jesus is accusing the Jews, specifically the leaders that they're trying to kill him. Verse, or chapter 7 of, of the book of John, verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in jewelry, because the Jews sought to, what's it say? It says to kill him. Okay. And so, we'll continue on with the story down in verse 19 to save time. It says, Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? So at this point, they were wanting the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders who were wanting to, to kill Jesus because he performed a miracle on the Sabbath. And so, and so Jesus is trying to reason with them righteous judgment here and yet they just wouldn't understand it maybe they couldn't understand it or they wasn't trying to understand it and so he's he's kind of like back in malachi god's trying to reason with them the jews in malachi wasn't being reasonable and yet the scribes and the pharisees and the religious leader in jesus time wasn't being reasonable with him look down in verse 20 of the same chapter of john chapter 7 the people answered and said, Thou hast a devil, who goest about to kill thee? So now we have the people telling Jesus, You're telling us that you know we're trying to kill you, but you're crazy. You have a devil. No one's trying to kill thee, but go down to verse 25. In fact, let's start in verse 24. Verse 24 says, Judge not according to appearance, and this is Jesus talking here, but judge righteous judgment. Verse 25, Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? And so just like Jesus was trying to reason with the people in the book of John here, and they wouldn't understand, they, they would not they would not reason with what he had to say. The people back in Malachi are talking with God and they are just not being reasonable with what God is trying to tell them. 
Okay, so, so back to Malachi. The Lord again shows them their sins, but most of them do not take heed, and yet they will be judged for their actions. So I've said all that to get to where this section that we're going to start here in Malachi uh, chapter 3 and verses 16 to 18. And this is the context changes again from the people that weren't being obedient to the people that now are. So I call this section uh, back with the present fearful people. So the Lord embraces those people who respond to him. So let's read this. Verses 16. Malachi 3 through 18. Then they that feared the Lord, there is a, a, a few, spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened, and he heard, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And the Lord shall be, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day. When I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him, then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. So first of all, this group is a different group. This is a group that feared the Lord. So turn over to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Now that's a great verse. That verse basically tells us the beginning of wisdom and knowledge comes with our fear, our reverence of the Lord. And so back in the book of Malachi, the people that feared the Lord are the people that are doing what's right in God's eyes. And so they are following the Lord. They are doing what God wants them to do. And in verse 16, it says that these people speak often one to another. You know, when, when we love the Lord, when we reverence Him and put Him where He needs to be in our life, when we continue to learn about him, to get his book out and study his word, and we see him working in our life, we just can't be quiet about it. These people in Malachi couldn't, do, couldn't be quiet about it either. Because when you're serving the Lord and the Lord is working in your life, you have got to tell others. And these people were doing that exact same thing. They were telling other people about it. But not only were these people doing it, the Lord was hearing it because the Lord knows who are His. You know, a book of remembrance was written down for these people. Not only for them and about them, but what they were saying and what they were doing. They, the people that feared Him, that thought upon His name, that were acting it out in their life, God put them in a book. Have you, have you ever wondered how your mom just knew what was going on in your life or maybe what you were doing when you were a child? Somehow she just knew. And as a parent, 
and you're around your child, you know what they're doing. You know what uh, they're doing right. You know what they're doing wrong. And yet God knows what we're doing. He is taking heed to his people, not just in Malachi's time, but also us. I know there's been times when we serve the Lord that, and, and I'll just say this, this frankly, because I'm just like you. I, I put my pants on just like you. The pastors put their pants on one leg at a time just like you. And just like us, I mean, we're all in this together. There's nobody above anyone else. And yet, I've had times in my life where maybe I've had the wrong attitude or I've been serving or I sit down at the end of the day and I'm like, we do all this work. Is anybody paying attention? Does anybody know the service that I'm doing for the Lord. Well, here's what I have to say, and here's what the book says. The Lord knows. And so when I have my pity party, when I'm sitting here thinking, man, I'm worn out from doing all this, does it make any difference? Well, it makes a difference to the Lord. It makes a difference to the Lord. And He's not only going to know it, He's going to put our actions in a book. Just like with Malachi. In verse 17 of Malachi chapter 3, and the, and the Bible says, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, the people, in that day, when I make up my jewels, I will spare them, as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. So not only does he consider us his son, he considers us as a jewel. He considers us to be a jewel. Now turn over in your Bible one book backwards to Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 16. Because I want to look at this word jewel. Zechariah 9, 16. And the Lord their God shall save them in that day. Notice con the context. It's that day. It's the same as the flock of his people. For they shall be as the stones of a crown lifted up as an ensign upon his land. So God is going to see his people as a jewel. Okay. Now turn back to Isaiah chapter 62. And we'll continue on with this, this thought. Isaiah chapter 62 We're going to focus on three, but I want to start in verse one. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. So God is going to see his people as a jewel, as something that's precious to him. The Lord calls his people a peculiar treasure in the Bible. 
So not only are they a jewel, they are a treasure. Turn over to Exodus chapter 19. miss all the pages turning, so Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5. Now therefore, if you will keep, I'm sorry, now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Now turn over to Psalms chapter 135. Psalms 135 and verse 4. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar treasure. So, I mean, most of you know that when I study things out, I, I, I go back and I want to look at the definition of particular words. So I, I went back and I looked at the word peculiar in this passage. Uh, Strong's defines peculiar as being special, one of a kind, and get this, a jewel, okay? Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines peculiar as beyond usual, exclusive to the owner, belonging to a person and him only. Wow, now that is how God thinks of us. We are His. And not only His, we are only His. We are a peculiar treasure, a peculiar people, a peculiar jewel to God. That's how God feels about his people, about the people that have chosen him to be their God, to be their God. That really kind of brings things home to us. And again, you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Bob, that's Old Testament. Well, let's turn over to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. Back, let's back up to verse 13, says, Looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that, we might that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. That's us. 
God has redeemed us to be his people unto good works. Okay. So turn over to 1 Peter 2.9. First Peter 2 and verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What a fantastic uh, verse that is. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a people that are only God's, specifically for Him. A, a people that should praise Him because He has pulled us out of darkness and into lightness. You know that word peculiar for us, you know, our, our society does not use that the way that the Bible does. And of course, that doesn't surprise us because it seems, you know, the world always gets things backwards, always gets things out of whack. And yet the Bible calls us a peculiar person. That's a good thing. You know, I know some of you live in Peculiar, the, the city. And uh, a lot of people think about that as well. You live in peculiar, meaning, you know, you're a little bit strange or a little bit odd. So now when you think about that, you need to think about that. No, this city, peculiar, in God's eyes, is something that's special, something that's beyond special, something that is a jewel, something that is specifically for him. I remember Donna Gardner, when she lived in uh, peculiar, uh, she would tell people, she would, uh, uh, she lived just south of Kansas City. So I asked her once, I said, why don't you mention the town? She goes, Bob, she goes, it's just too hard and too long to just go through that with everybody. That the, 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 the town really is called peculiar. And to just uh, eliminate that, I just tell people I'm from south of Kansas City. So anyway, back to the passage in Malachi. God thinks very highly of us. He thinks very highly of his people. He also says that he uh, is going to spare us as a man spareth his own son. And yet that, that is specifically what he will do for us because the rest of the world will be judged but we will be spared because God sees us, again, as, as a son. And technically, he saw the Old Testament nation of Israel. They were called his son, and yet us in the New Testament, if we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are a son of God. And how glorious that is for us. We are the true Cinderella story. We have been taking from a life, from a life of eternity, from hell and damnation to a life with Christ, with him forever. What, what a glorious thing. We are a true Cinderella story. We are a rags to riches story. 
personally in our lives. And we need to get that out to the people around us. During Malachi's time, the people, the priests and the Levites, they just could not discern the truth. And that really hits home with us today. The people around us cannot discern truth. They can't tell right from wrong because they don't know the truth. They don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But one day soon, Christ is coming. He will sit down on his throne in Jerusalem and he will set things right. And as I mentioned earlier, we will be with him at that point. So, so far in the book of Malachi, we've seen several messengers. We've seen Malachi himself. We've seen a few righteous priests, not many at that time. We've seen John the Baptist. And we've seen Christ. And I want to say today that you and I are basically in that list because we are messengers ourselves. When you think back, was John the Baptist's role important in the scheme of the Bible? Why, yes, because they, John the Baptist proclaimed the coming of Christ. By him, many people knew that the Christ was coming. And that's the exact same role that you and I play today. I've never really thought of myself as being a John the Baptist type or of, of having the message that John the Baptist had. But that's our role today. We are all messengers of Christ's coming. Our goal, our job, our mission is to get people ready for the coming of the Lord. And so let's not take our role carelessly. Let's not think that it's not important. And let's not think that Christ isn't watching. Because when nobody else is, I guarantee you the Lord will be watching what we're doing. And it will come out when we meet him. So let's be diligent in, about getting the message of Christ out with our words and our actions because Christ is coming soon. Next week, we're going to finish the book of Malachi. So tune in next Sunday to participate. And I want to continue to keep urging you to watch the messages that are online being based out of HBF and, and from uh, the pastors and the teachers there uh, on Sundays and Sunday nights. Wednesday nights, I want to urge you to keep in touch with the people in our class, the people around us, our relatives, and again, remember that uh, you know we're a messenger. We really are a messenger for the Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to keep in touch with our class. Continue to keep in touch with Randy and Julie. And guys, we love you. We're praying for you. And uh, we, we, even though we're all isolated. Um, a lot of us now are isolated in our own homes and the things that we're doing. Let's keep in touch and reach out to those people. And if there's somebody hurting out there in our class, uh, uh, email me, contact me, call me. We'll, we'll make sure we get that to the deacons. We'll get that uh, to who can help those people. And if you have some prayer requests in our, in our class, uh, email those to me or to Randy and we'll get a list and we'll, we'll put those out there 
And so I just want to tell you all uh, in the real life class, uh, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. We love you guys, and we we will continue to be serving Christ together. And uh, let's let's just keep focused on doing what Christ wants us to do. Let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, Lord. I thank you for for all the people that are listening, that are tuned in to this to this message, Lord. And and Lord, I thank you for this message, and I thank you how it's prevalent to our. To our life, not just Old Testament, not just with Malachi, but with us. And Lord, help us to realize that we play the same role as, as Malachi. We play the same role as John the Baptist, that we are to tell people about Christ, to get them ready for Christ, because Christ is coming, to get them to know who Christ is like, like we have found out. And so Lord, I pray that you would give us the words to say, help us to to spread the word. And Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you care for us, and that we are a jewel in your eyes. And Lord, we just praise you for that. In Christ's name, amen. So tune in next week. You guys have a great day.